0: This podcast is brought to you by GovInfoSecurity.com, the leading online publication for risk management and security professionals within federal, state, and local government agencies.
1: Hello, I'm Executive Editor Eric Chabro, and here's a look at some of the most compelling stories posted on GovInfoSecurity.com in July. We start off with a House hearing on planning for the future of cyber attack attribution. After nearly two hours of testimony, lawmakers left with two takeaways. One, that perfect attribution is neither possible now nor in the foreseeable future. And two, that even if it were possible, the solution would raise privacy and civil liberties concerns that most Americans would find unacceptable. Described by one witness as the Holy Grail, perfect attribution would be the ability to pinpoint a specific individual making mischief or worse in an IT system. Here's former National Security Agency code maker and code breaker, Edward Giorgio. So if you have a purist view of attribution, I certainly agree that it is extremely difficult technologically to guarantee you know who the human person is on the other end. But that doesn't mean that some attack attribution technology wouldn't give us lots of information which could be used for other purposes, such as shutting down the computer at the, at the other end, independent who's on it. Even less robust attribution techniques, aimed at ferreting out adversaries and criminals, also could expose political dissidents and whistleblowers. And such techniques, like providing online pseudonyms so internet users can conceal their public identity, present a tough problem. Here's what the president of the Electronic Privacy Information Center, Mark Rosenberg, told
2: lawmakers. Here's the hard problem. True anonymity, which we think is important, will protect the political dissident in in a country that's hostile to the person's views and may in fact imprison the person if his identity is known. Pure anonymity will also protect the pedophile who's trying to distribute images on the internet um, and should be prosecuted and, and imprisoned. And you see in this one tool, you know, there's one application that we would value very much and another application that we would try to prevent.
3: We'll be back after this.
0: Are you responsible for your agency's regulatory compliance program? Do cybercrime, data breaches, or endpoint security keep you up at night? Do you have any certifications which require continuing professional education credit hours? The solution to your problems may be the GovInfoSecurity.com educational webinar library. You'll find plenty of courses that align with your core responsibilities. Visit GovInfoSecurity.com for more information on how to access these webinars.
3: And from our blogs, I write about John Gilligan and his view that Inspector General audits of agencies' IT security should not be treated as gospel. He says the flaws the IGs identify may be factual, but they're not always put in the perspective of the agency's overall approach to cybersecurity. Gilligan is the former Air Force and Energy Department's CIO, and for the past couple of years has been the major force in getting government agencies to adopt the consensus audit guidelines, the 20 key automated controls that go a long way in securing IT systems. Gilgan's basic gripe about IG audits is that they're not placed in context.
4: The whole IG review process is one that's not really provided a lot of value because the IGs come in without any criteria, and all they have to do is find potential problems. The agency says, it doesn't matter what I do, the IG is going to find some problems, but the consensus audit guideline says, no, wait a minute, if you can define a subset and focus on them, and here's the criteria, here's how you evaluate whether you've been successful. The IG may say there's other stuff, but the response can be, yeah, but I'm focused on the most important things, and I'm making progress.
3: Gilgan says government needs to provide better IT security training to auditors and develop consistent criteria in evaluating the security of IT systems because many constituencies, including Congress, give significant weight to their findings. To read more blogs and news stories and listen to our interviews with leading IT security practitioners and thought leaders, go to GovInfoSecurity.com. I'm Eric Chabro of GovInfoSecurity.com. Thanks for listening.
0: This podcast has been brought to you by GovInfoSecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.GovInfoSecurity.com.